ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday. Boom, baby, boom. Today is Friday, March 1st, 2024. This is episode number five. What's going on, everybody? Please stand by why Dr. Gerald Ozier goes through and figures out what's going on with his audio. But, you know, it wouldn't be a cybersecurity uh, podcast here if we did not have, you know, random audio issues. Let me know if you're able to hear me or not. Let me actually mute that other tab. Just waiting for the chat to say, yes, we have sound or no, we do not. I heard myself come in on the YouTube. Actually need to fire up Discord. And I really need to zoom in my Come on, camera, do it. It's not going to do it. Y'all don't need to be seeing all the mess in here. Let's get a little closer. How about it? <laughs> all right, so here we go. We'll let Dr. Jared Osher go through the, the morning or through his reboot. All right, I'm starting to see in chat and in mod that 
everybody can hear me fantastic so we will get this party started ladies and gentlemen I was hoping it was just going to be a very quick, oh, I had to unplug something or whatever and plug it back in. But it looks like he has dropped off the green room. So he is definitely suffering from some issues. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's fire up some audio. What do y'all say? Bear with me a second, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm, you know, coming in hot, just like any disaster recovery plan. Sometimes it does take a few moments to spin up. And if we need to pivot, we will. Will, I'll tell you what, if y'all actually seen over in this area, it's a complete train wreck. I tell you what. <laughs> All right, let's bring in the chat overlay. All right, I'm starting to see Dr. Gerald Ozier in the background. So we're just going to hold off one minute. If he comes back in, or if I start seeing him, then... We'll let him pick back up the helm. If not, I will get started. Thank you, Kud. I greatly appreciate it. Turn that down on my headset here. All right, looks like he may be still having some issues over there, ladies and gentlemen. doing Dr. Gerald Dozier? Bear me a second. Dr. Gerald Dozier is messing with some stuff in the background. If you can hear me back there, buddy, we don't see you. Take a quick, quick screenshot.
Bear with us a second, ladies and gentlemen. So those who don't know, in the background, you know, we have the green room inside of our um, inside of our restream. Of course, we have mod chat. What's going on is Dr. Gerald Ozer can see himself in the website of restream to re to broadcast out. But for some reason, it's not showing up in restream for whatever reason. Thanks to everybody for so, so much for sticking in, uh, sticking with us, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get started, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, by Dr. Gerald Ozier. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. I see Dr. Gerald Ozier. Yes. 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 I hear Dr. Gerald Ozier. Come to me. <laughs> Your audio is definitely right. low. <laughs> So I'm actually going to stop mine because it's going to start All echoing. Right. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but you're I'm low. I'm low. Sir. All right. I'm not sure. Is chat like chat? I know like we're real time troubleshooting. I could be my headset. It's my headset. I had to turn down. Low All right. Music. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. There's absolutely no explanation on why this issue is occurring. Uh, I will tell you that we we had the rare audio and video issue uh, where I literally touched my mixing board at the start to turn the volume down a little bit and my audio completely crapped out. And then I rebooted and uh, we had massive video issues. But as always, as the meme of the week was uh, so ap apropos, um, this is, you know, this is how we handle it. And uh, you guys are super chill about it. So I genuinely appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and bring this uh, this up really quickly. Yep, I'll dip back into the green room and I'll stick around for the first episode or first story or two just to make sure you don't have Okay, very good. Thank you. And I, I'm going to go ahead. Yep, no problem. Uh, so hey everybody, thank you very much. We're going to we're going to get this uh, puppy back on the on the rails if you will. Shout out to uh, Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber and all of you frankly for making sure that this thing's going. Here we go. This is literally if you're wondering what just happened, this is what just happened. Eric Taylor hot with the uh, assist on this. I'm going to go ahead and take my uh, my audience tab and throw you guys up here so I can look at you, all of you beautiful people on a Friday morning wearing tuxedos. We're going to do this. And uh, yeah, so I appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Friday, March 1st, 2024. This is a Friday. It's episode number 569 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, I'm going to be on 2x speed um, as we catch up onto the stream. Uh, we're going to be going through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a cyber practitioner so you can drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, believe me, you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current? This is the answer. Networking over here is super dope. Thank you very much. I don't prep or research for any of these courses or any of these uh, stories that are about to come up. In fact, I don't even know what they are because I had to reboot my machine. 
do want to say shout out to the stream sponsors. Thank you for enabling me to be able to come up here, do audio visual, and look like a Carl every single morning. Shout out to Barricade Cyber Solutions, starting with them, Barricade Cyber Solutions. They know, they know what's up. They know how to fix your stream. They know how to jump in and rescue a uh, a, a, a torpedoing plane that's about to hit the uh, the ground. Pull up on that uh, yoke. But did you know that Eric Taylor is a renaissance man and him and Barricade are also dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for hardworking business owners and send those owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows what's up. They know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They know how to eat threat actors out the environment. So if you want them Go to barricadecyber.com and catch them outside. Catch me outside. How about that? How about that? Now, I do want to say shout out to Panopsi Security. What's up, Panopsi? Brandon Poole and his team over at Panopsi can absolutely level up and force multiply your information security program. How do they do that? They have the expertise to be all the way at a VCSO level down to SecOps, MDR. They can go sideways and do pen testing. They can do GRC work, enterprise risk assessment, tabletop exercises. Like basically whatever you need from a staff augmentation perspective, they can execute on it for you. They are a great, great company, great people behind it. Get a partner who understands your cyber program and can help enable your business. Panopsi.com, links in the description below. Also, shout out to Anti-Siphon Training, but more about those beautiful babies at the mid-roll. I want to remind each of you that every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So don't sleep on that. Grab a screenshot, take a picture, throw it in a folder, and once a year, count the number of files, divide by uh, two, and that's how many CPEs you got. Let's go! All right, guys, uh, sliding into the stories. I haven't got these babies pulled up because obviously I had to reboot my machine. It is Friday, which means it's Grayson's Joke of the Week presented by um, James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet. So stay tuned for that. We got some good ones. Uh, James sent them to me this morning. I laughed. Much like the memes of the week, I don't censor them or get in their way. I let them breathe, and it's all about good times. All right, guys, do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us. In an awesome wave. We're back on track. From the sea. And we're slightly off track. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Friday, March the 1st, 2024. I'm Steve Prentice. Pharma giant Sencora announces data breach. The U.S.-based drug wholesale company that previously went by the name Amerisource Bergen said it discovered the breach on February 21st and that the breached data may contain personal information. In its Form 8K filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the company stated that the breach, quote, has not had a material impact on the company's operations and its information systems continue to be operational, end quote. No additional details were made available and it is unclear if this was a ransomware attack. All right. So if you work it in big pharma and I, I have friends who are working in big pharma, I look forward to sending this to them. Um, you know, you, okay. So this is a classic example, cyber attack, threat actor stole data. Uh, I'm kind of curious. I mean, this sounds like you would think, uh, um, one of two things, right? This is either a ransomware attack, um, for, you know, financial gain data exfil, sell it back or this is espionage, uh, and they detected it. With espionage, the uh, intent to steal um, pharmaceutical 
you know, formulas and recipes. Uh, we saw this quite a bit um, by China during um, COVID around vaccine research. Uh, so it wouldn't be that crazy to see that. Um, again, there's no really indication one way or the other about what's up. Um, they did not. Oh, well, they're talking about um, uh, Alfie and Black Cat ransomware here, but that's more just like indicating that there's been an uptick in healthcare. Um, pharmaceuticals, I guess you could call healthcare, but I don't really think of when I think of healthcare, I think of like uh, you know um, healthcare providers, obviously hospitals, and then I think of like the health you know, industrial complex around that, like insurance and um, all the software supply chain stuff. And I guess drug makers do kind of fall in that, but big pharma is like its own animal with its own stuff. Um, you know, it just goes to show you guys that no matter how big you are, no matter how much money you make, because these guys are making straight cash, homie, right? Like there's gotta be a number in here. Of course there is, but it's not, my control F skills are not strong this morning. Oof. Uh, there's definitely, this company definitely makes bank. Uh, yeah. Okay. Jesus. Okay. $238 billion in revenue, uh, in 2022. So to say that they can't afford an information security program is completely ridiculous, completely ridiculous. They definitely have a CISO and a whole team, but it, but it, again, it just, I wanted to point out to you because this is a lesson that I, I didn't learn until later on in my career. No matter how much money you have, you can never um, eliminate all risk. You will always have residual risk. In fact, there's some economic papers, which I know sounds super interesting to everybody, but I, I'm a big dork for uh, economics of information security. But there's actually been a calculated um, research done that there is diminishing returns. Like imagine for a second, like a logarithmic scale. Like if, if you know, like logarithmic where like, this is your axis and then you kind of have like it going up, but then it peters out and, and flattens out kind of like, <laughs> kind of like my YouTube video views, like it goes really high and then it just flattens out. That's the same thing with risk reduction for information security. So basically what I'm saying is if you spend a million dollars on information security and you get like 70% of risk reduction, right? Spending another million dollars will not give you another 70% of risk reduction. It's not linear, it's logarithmic. So like, you see what I'm saying? There's a diminishing returns, but so you'll never get 100% secure. And for every dollar you invest, you're getting less and less security as you invest more, uh, which, which is, you know, like I said, I learned that very late later in my career. So try to hook you guys up about that. Gen AI drives surge in business email compromise attacks. What is this? 1,760%. This number comes from a report published yesterday by Perception Point in their 2024 annual report, Cybersecurity Trends and Insights. Gen AI has fueled this 1,760% growth in business email compromise attacks by helping create well-crafted and targeted social engineering-based attacks that are difficult to identify. The report states that whereas BEC attacks accounted for only 1% of all cyber attacks in 2022, their proportion of the total rose to 18.6% of all attacks in 2023. Additional points in the report include an increase in evasive tactics such as quishing, which is QR code phishing, two-step phishing that bypasses traditional security systems, account takeover attacks, and impersonation attacks. A link to this report is available in the show notes to this episode.
All right. Uh, so this is really interesting. By the way, because I was so disheveled on the reboot, the relaunch of the intro of the show, I did not get to say that over the next 45 minutes, I will be bringing the hotness with people like Jenny Housley and Jesse Johnson and Marcus Kyler of the Yeet Crew, but people like Zemiff and SSD and Lazaro and Benny Rodriguez and Kimberly can fix it. People on LinkedIn like Logan Fuller and people on YouTube, long timers and first timers. I'm sorry. I love, I love saying good morning to all of you. And I was just a hot mess express. So coffee cup, cheers to y'all. All right. So this story is basically saying uh, you can download this report. Uh, now, these reports are obviously, we haven't had one of these reports in a while, but you got to remember, these reports are typically um, funded by some um, some vendor that has a product that solves the problem that the report finds, right? So you got to always kind of uh, be mindful of the motivations of the report and stuff. But that doesn't mean that we just dismiss, we just dismiss the, um, yeah, I agree with you, Thomas Marquette. That's what I thought too when I heard Quishing. Um, you don't just dismiss these reports as like industry um, spam and move on. You can leverage this and say, hey, listen, um, you know, uh, CFO, CEO, business, stakeholders, uh, you know, whoever, um, th there's this uptick in activity. Um, I need you to be mindful of it. You know, he mentioned QR code phishing. Maybe you listen to that and instead of adding a little statistic to a PowerPoint slide, you put together a little QR code phishing awareness thing. Maybe you slap a um, maybe you slap a QR code on uh, the wall at a break room and say like, "Hey, free tickets to the Masters." And then when they scan it, it's like the uh, um, what's his name? Um, the guy from Jurassic Park who was the bad guy, the the computer program, like Nelson or whatever. It's like it's like no no no, you didn't say the magic word. Like like something funny like that. Um, if you do a QR code phishing of your staff. And when they get it, they get some punitive like finger wagging about how dumb they are. That's really not going to go a long way. But if you have a little bit of fun with it, um, while at the same time indicating to them that this is, you know, how these attacks work, that could be a good way. Um, they do say that social engineering and BEC attacks have increased 1,700%. Thank you. 1,700%. Here we go. Here, here's the uh, said, uh, no, no, no. You know, like who's not going to have a little chuckle with that, right? Um, they do say in the report, QR, um, social engineering has gone up 1700%. Newman, thank you. Not Nelson Newman. Um, 1700%. And it's because of AI, generative AI, dude, I use AI all the time to do things faster, uh, first drafts and stuff like that. John Hammond was on stream last night. He uses AI for first drafts of coding and stuff. Good guys use it. Bad guys use it. It's, you know, it's the deal, right? So it's no surprise. We predict this is like one of the first predictions that people in the industry had about uh, how AI could be used in a, a threat actor way. Now, they do mention BEC compromise. I do want to uh, shout out. I threw this on LinkedIn the other day. Not that this is any great like reveal, but um, I was actually interviewed uh, by Security Week um, back in December for predictions for 2024. And I was like, oh, um, they're talking about deep fakes and AI. And I was like, oh yeah, no. The the it, the first thing I would predict is that they're going to deep fake a CFO and get uh, some financial analyst to uh, drop a bunch of money. And then uh, like, <laughs> like February 5th, CFO uh, gets deep faked for $25, bill, uh, $25 million. And I was like, yikes. So um, 
anyways, this is uh, actionable and demonstrated execution of how AI is being used for BEC attacks. So don't sleep on that. Definitely educate your end users um, because it's just going to happen, man. Popular video doorbell easily hijacked. According to Consumer Reports, Chinese manufactured smart doorbells currently being sold through retailers including Walmart, Amazon, and Sears are proving to be loaded with security flaws that allow anyone to hack them and permanently access images and audio. The flaws include exposing owners' public-facing IP addresses and Wi-Fi networks in plain text. All that is really needed is the serial number of the camera, which can be obtained by pressing the doorbell button for eight seconds and then repairing the camera to a smartphone app. The cameras are being sold by the Chinese company Eken, E-K-E-N, under a number of brand names, which are listed in the show notes to this episode, along with a link to the Consumer Reports report. Rice. All right. So, yeah, guys, you got to be careful with these, like... Um... Like any IoT device that has a camera or a microphone on it, it it has the potential of surveillance, right? Like whether it's um, you walking up and physically repairing your your uh, device to a phone, like re repairing a device to a new phone, or it's hacking into it over the interwebs and you know jumping into it. Uh, you can go to infosecams.com, uh, I think it is. Uh, this is like a little fun resource. I always show my students this um is this it where is it uh no what is it uh insect cams is that it is that it yeah I insect cams yeah insecure cams basically um but dude like you can go like all these like internet facing cameras you can just like scroll these things um so just be mindful there's always that potential now these researchers have taken it one step further by demonstrating security flaws by the way, I'm telling you, like in um, like 2017, 2018, it, like go back and look at DEF CON and Black Hat's um, conference talks um, agenda. It was like hacking IoT devices left and right center, Bluetooth hacking, just IoT device hacking, NFC hacking. It was like all the rage. So this is more of that. These devices have lightweight firmwares. Typically, you can pull them off uh, or download the firmware themselves you can use a tool like binwalk and you know basically walk the file structure extrapolate it start pulling it apart really really great opportunities if you're ever interested in dabbling in reverse engineering i strongly encourage you check out basically a firmware of any um iot device that you can download probably uh or pull off using like a uart or a bus pirate or something on one of these devices um you know, here's my thing, like guys, it sucks. Obviously you don't want unauthorized access to uh, your devices, but be mindful, like don't stick them in your house if you're concerned about that, especially something with a camera. Don't stick them in, um, in, in like on your door unless you want it. Now, the one thing that I do um, find interesting is that they said they were able to repair it. So now you've got not just a confidentiality issue, but also uh, potential availability issue, right? So like if someone basically <laughs> uses the capability of the device to repair it to a new device, now my device no longer has access to it. So you could you could effectively go to like, you know, knock on someone's door. And since you've repaired the device to your phone, when they try to look on their, their, their own device to see who's at the door, they may not be able to see it. I, I'd have to get into it because a lot of times the device 
um, there's two things, right? There's like pairing over Bluetooth for the local area network, but then the device itself is typically transmitting data back up to a, um, like a, it's not a C2 server, but it's basically like a server out on the internet, which is what your app on your device, like your, uh, you know, your ring doorbell or whatever is, uh, logging into. Like when you go on ring doorbell on your uh, phone, you're not logging into your doorbell. You're logging into a server that, uh, is pushing data to that. So anyways, that's what's up. Dita claims a cyber attack on Lurie Children's Hospital. The attack on Chicago's Lurie Children's Hospital continues to cause havoc with the IT system still under repair, its health records system largely offline, longer wait times, rescheduling of procedures, and a reversion to a pen and paper process. Meanwhile, the Riceta Ransomware gang has listed the hospital on its extortion site, offering 600 gigabytes of data from the hospital for sale for 60 Bitcoin, currently equivalent to about $3.7 million. It appears that the Riceta decryptor that was discovered and released this month by Korean researchers has not proven effective in this case. Bro, these these Riceta gang guys, they don't they don't care. Um Dude, you're going to attack a kid's hospital. Um, acute care, I believe, is like um, like precise issues, not like chronic, like ongoing long-term issues. Um, oh, Amish Runaway is upset that I don't mention the playlists more often. I'm sorry. You know what, guys? Simply Cyber, there's a lot of... Like, I forget to mention the audio podcast, too. I forget to mention the website all the time. I forget to mention all sorts of stuff. I'm terrible about a lot of stuff like the marketing side of things um uh, let's look at Reseda's uh victim list these guys are coming up strong uh and they really don't care uh let's see if we could see yeah dude this is december 2023 oh my god i hate use necessary cookies only um so you can see Reseda uh attacks they actually trended down so i guess Reseda was like taking a break, you know, going on, uh, like holiday for, uh, Labor Day weekend, chilling, and then hitting it hard in November, December, January. We we've been seeing this. Um, I was trying to see, yeah, you can see here they've hit 17 hospitals and 166 clinics, um, by, you know, hitting this one prospect holdings. They, they have been targeting, uh, healthcare. Now, Remember, guys, so first of all, if you work in healthcare or you work in any industry, you should be putting in place the basic protection and response controls uh, for ransomware attacks, right? Like you, if, if, you're not, if you're not treating ransomware as the number one threat vector or, or threat to your organization, you're, you're doing it wrong, frankly. I hate to be so blunt, but you should be doing that. Now, Reseda they really have been going wherever they want. And there used to be kind of an unspoken rule among these criminals to not hit hospitals uh, just because they're human too. Uh, but ever since like international uh, law enforcement has been going gangbusters on, gangbusters on the threat actors, they've kind of like dropped that that rule or that moral uh, line in the sand. And Reseda is definitely one of the threat actor groups that's been moving forward on it. Now, $3.6 million for a children's hospital, super gross. Um, I don't know if they actually, here's that one, one difference. There's a difference between stealing the data and selling the data back and stealing the data and encrypting the systems. 
preventing the hospital from delivering patient care, right? That's a different line that you cross over. Um, it did say that it forced them to take the IT systems offline. So in fact, Reseda did encrypt the systems, uh, which really, really sucks, man. I mean, can you imagine being a kid? Like you're like 10 and you have to go to the hospital and you're not super pumped about it anyways. And then you can't even get care. Like this, this is deplorable. Like it sucks hitting any hospital, any hospital. Right. But dude, a kid, like they're not, it, this is what I mean with like, the internet is a very hostile place. It's the same place that you can watch cat videos, but it's also the same place that receipt a ransomware can tear down a hospital um, and, and really impact people's lives and, and you know, their, their personal health. So this sucks. Um, if I, I'll just tell you as a, as a hot take, as a hot take, um, this right here, if Reseda keeps doing this, I don't know if this will be the straw that breaks its back, but if Reseda keeps doing this, you will get the eye of Sauron of the federal government on you. And then you will be Lockbit or Revil or, um, who else is Interpol taken down? Um, oh, well, they took down Black cat right didn't they just recently uh like go after black cat so oh my god so okay we're gonna have to talk about this bingo thing and uh <laughs> here it comes here it comes Did we just become best friends yep. all right hey if you're interested come at you we got 50 gifted subs coming in squad members i definitely think we may have unlocked a um an emote in the emote tray so get on it if you want to uh, hey, welcome to the party, pal. Another 50 gifted subs, 100 gifted subs. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. It's going to be one of those days, people. Let's go. And now, a word from our sponsor, Egress. People are the biggest risk to your organization's security, and they are most vulnerable when using email. With more advanced threats getting through secure email gateway detection every day, Egress provides AI-powered email security that eliminates both inbound phishing attacks and outbound data breaches. What's more, Egress's adaptive security architecture personalizes security for each user based on their real-time risk score. Visit egress.com, that is E-G-R-E-S-S dot -E com, to learn more about Egress's intelligent cloud email security suite and start detecting email threats that your secure email gateway is missing today. All right. Hey, welcome to the Breakfast Club. All right, guys. Good morning. I appreciate you sticking with us. We had a little bit of technical challenges at the beginning, but guess what? Business continuity plan executed. We're back up and running. That's how we do. We don't let perfection get in the way of progress. If you're getting entertainment value from the stream, if you're getting educational value from the stream, do me a favor, hit that like button, especially on YouTube. It goes a long way to triggering the YouTube algorithm and enabling um, other people in the cybersecurity community to become members of the Simply Cyber community. Shout out again to Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions for their very generous 100 squad member gifted subs. Uh, we're straight crushing it, guys. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you to Barricade Cyber and Panopsi for their continued support. Also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training, uh, other show sponsor from the stream. If you've taken their training, you know how good it is. Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional training industry by providing high-quality 
cutting edge education to everyone regardless of their financial position. They offer their students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and engage with the community in a fun and inclusive way. Anti-siphon training, thanks so much for keeping it real. All right, guys. Hey, let me tell you, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge continues to be an amazing initiative that you can giddy up on. If you want to blow up your professional network for five minutes a day, all you have to do is head over to LinkedIn, search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. You can see it on the screen right now. And just look for those posts, connect with the people posting, comment on the posts and connect with the people in comments. I myself do it and continue to build my professional network with like-minded, um, really great people. And you can do it too. Now, Tech with Tanya currently has the baton. I'm not sure if Tech with Tanya is in chat, but we need... Um, Avi, if Avi wants a gift, you have to opt into the gift, Avi. Um, so check it out, guys. If you want Tech with Tanya, she's not in chat. So, hey, whoever wants the baton, you can have today. Raise your hand in chat if you would like the baton. All you have to do if you take the baton, it's simple. You go on LinkedIn, you share your story. Why are you into cybersecurity? Why are you part of the Simply Cyber community? What resources do you like? Who are you? Introduce yourself so we can connect with you and have meaningful relationships and other people can build their professional network. It's all about good times. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Don't be shy. I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun. All right, guys. It is James McQuiggan. I mean, it's a Grayson's Joke of the Week presented by James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet. James sent the, comment, uh, the jokes over. We got some jams up in here today. All right, guys. Hey, James wants to know, why is everyone tired on April 1st? Why is everyone tired on April 1st? I don't know, James, at 35,000 feet. Why? Well, because they just finished a 31-day march. Oh! <laughs> All right. So, hey, what can be seen in the middle of April and March but can't be seen at the beginning or end of either one? Oh, this is like a riddle. What can be seen in the middle of April and March but can't be seen at the beginning or end. The letter R. The letter R. Okay, so. That one hurt my brain. Okay. Why is the letter A like a flower? This is a good one. Why is the letter A like a flower, everybody? Because a B comes after it. There it is. Boom. All right. Thank you to James McQuiggan for the joke of the week. Thank you to all of you for having fun and playing along as we do that but like everything else it's time it's time to go all right yep and there's definitely more i mean there's 400 people here there was 100 gifted subs so you know stay tuned the gifted subs rain periodically so you gotta be here in order to catch them catch them outside how about that catch me outside how about that all right let's go Department of Commerce assesses Chinese vehicle threat. In response to a concern that, quote, connected vehicles from China could collect sensitive data about our citizens and our infrastructure and send this data back to the People's Republic of China, and that these vehicles could be remotely accessed or disabled, end quote, President Joe Biden has announced actions to investigate how these cars could affect national security.
The announcement follows the executive order regarding sales of data sets that we reported on yesterday, but is seen as complementary but distinct from that order. Instead, the Commerce Department's Bureau of Industry and Security will issue an advanced notice of public rulemaking seeking public comments as it considers implementation. Yeah, okay, so um, I don't even want to call it like xenophobe, um, you know, of like, ah, like it's Chinese, so it's not good. I mean, there's a lot of great Chinese products. There's a lot of great Chinese people. So, but there has been this shift as we've been discovering that there is parts of um, China's national kind of uh, strategy of, you know, uh, espionage and uh, a lot of technology is built in China. So when it gets pushed out, um, you know, telemetry is being sent back to China. There's been rumors of, you know, hard-coded um, backdoors and stuff into technologies, some of them uh, unfounded and more just kind of like scare tactics. I, it makes me think of, um, I'll just bring this up because this was like such a big deal. Um, Bloomberg never retracted this story. Uh, this is from 2018. Um, and there was a report that Bloomberg ran with that said that a uh, Chinese company had actually introduced a hardware backdoor into uh, server blades that are used in like Apple data centers, Amazon data centers. You can see here, the graphic is going to show right there is where it is on the board. Um, again, lots of people in the industry pushed back on this. Bloomberg was never able to, um, to my you know standards or anyone else that I know, uh, definitively prove that that was true. But okay, so now the Commerce Department, who is responsible, it's kind of interesting, the Commerce Department in the United States is actually responsible for like a lot of things that you may not know. It's not just like, you know, buying things at the market. It's like they're responsible for like satellite systems and communications. I believe NIST, NIST might fall under the Commerce Department as well. Uh, so anyways, the Commerce Department's got pretty wide reaching um, tentacles and as we saw, our lady of cybersecurity, Jen Easterly, uh, let's get a Jen. Uh, hey, all you new squad members, don't be shy of that emo tray. Get get your Jen Easterly on there. Um, her, Jen Easterly and Chris Ray of the FBI recently spoke in front of, I believe it was Congress, around some of the concerns of, you know, basically China uh, leveraging uh, technology in the United States for small businesses and individuals, personal homes on routers and such to kind of build a um, um, sleeper cells eff effectively um, in, in all the technologies, right? So the United States is hot on this. They've got their, you know, proverbial eye of Sauron focused on this. And guys, if a connected vehicle can get taken over, driven off the road, or just monitored on where is it driving? Who's it? Where's it going? You know, if I can see like a VIP's car and then start tracking it, well, now I there's a lot of you know implications there, right? I'll know where they live. I know where they go. I can bump into them at their regular coffee shop and begin that kind of um, next step of like turning the asset, like the way that you know basically um, spies work. So there's a lot to it. It's not just like oh, they can tell that I'm listening to the midnight. Uh, on repeat on my um on my on my Zoom device um or my iRiver right or my Creative Zen right these are these were alternatives that tried to be iPhone uh, iPod killers uh, that never did all right so anyways be mindful of that we'll see what comes out of it also worth noting just as a security researcher 
Um, just from a security researcher perspective, I always like to offer up suggestions and ideas. I'm not saying you take apart your, your, your cousin's car. <laughs> that would be insane. But just be mindful, like any of these devices, you can certainly dig into, like I mentioned with the doorbell, reverse the, um, the, the firmware or the binary and look for interesting things. Or if you don't feel comfortable doing reverse engineering and like getting into the code uh, and stuff like that, just set it up on a, on a network but have all the um, have the device behind some type of um, span router or a span uh, like a span port on a switch or a router or something, and catch the traffic and see if it is sending any unusual telemetry to any unexpected IP addresses, and then if you can see what that telemetry is. Right? These are just kind of like fun. Um, I think they'd be fun, but they're kind of fun projects that you can do. And who knows? Maybe you strike gold and you find you uncover some big. Uh, unbelievable um, espionage thing, right? Cyber espionage campaign targets Middle East aerospace and defense Ooh, industries. Oh, is espionage on the bingo card? Google Cloud's security research company Mandiant is tracking an ongoing cyber espionage campaign that, quote, uses unique malware against the aerospace, aviation, and defense industries in the Middle East and appears to have links to Iran, end quote. The campaign appears to be linked to a group known as UNC-1549 and may also be linked to a group named Tortoise Shell. It is taking aim at entities in Israel and the United Arab Emirates. The project is unique in the way it uses multiple evasion techniques, including the use of Microsoft Azure cloud infrastructure paired with social engineering to deploy two unique backdoors, Minibike and Minibus, as well as a custom tunneler called Light Rail. Okay. German applied. All right. I see you, Iran. Um, so they said mini bike and mini rail. Um, I do, I do like those names. Um, just as a quick aside, because I am an eighties kid. Um, when they said mini bike, the very first thing I thought of was, uh, was, was this like, who, who didn't enjoy a And for you, uh, for casually Joseph and the ilk of his generation, this was hot. This was hot at the time. All right. So going back to this Iranian thing here, um, dude, guys, Iran has like really stepped up their game. Um, you know, like when we talk about first world state, you know, nation state, sophisticated threat actors, we're like Russia, China, United States, Israel, like Iran, you know, has entered the chat for all intents and purposes. Muddy Waters is an Iranian group that's kind of been around doing some sophisticated things. Um, this group here, they, I guess one of the um, research companies calls them tortoise shell or turtle shell or whatever. Um, dude, having multiple backdoors, using C2 infrastructure, doing espionage campaigns instead of like smash and grab stuff. Um, obviously, social engineering is always going to be part of the playbook. Um, this is, in my opinion, you're escalating up into kind of first world threat actor space. Like, dude, when you're when you are planning like missions and strategic objectives and crap like that, that means you're putting focus into this. Now they're focusing on UAE targets and um, Israeli targets. Now Iran and Israel, obviously there's some conflict there. Um, targeting UAE is interesting because as far as I know, let me check this. Um, let me just check this really quickly. This is bricks. I always talk about bricks in here. Um, I want to know if Iran is in BRICS. Let me check really quickly. So yes. Okay. So my suspicion is true. So 
Iran is in BRICS, which means they're like buddies with, you know, these other BRICS countries. But UAE, which is what I wanted to confirm, is also in BRICS. If Iran is doing espionage attacks on UAE and Israel, to me, that's indicative of Iran is just like going after what their uh, strategic objectives are. You can see aerospace and defense industries. So perhaps like more rocket and missile military technology, stuff like that. Um, I don't think of UAE as like, a, you know, a, a technical superpower doing all sorts of stuff, but who knows? I'm not that cultured uh, to know what, you know, industries are coming out of the UAE. I thought it was mostly uh, petroleum and oil uh, that drove the, the wealth of uh, UAE, but you know, whatever. Um, so anyways, long story short, Iran, they're like, you know, got a, a, a pillowcase full of pool balls and they're just swinging it around, like, like just swinging it around and like whoever they hit, they hit, like, they don't care. Like they don't care if your buddies, they don't care if like you're on the same bowling team. If you've got, you know, Intel or info that they can use, they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to come after you. Right. So, um, all I would say for this is because of the lack of, you know, um, target on, where they attack these people, not these people. Um, what I would say is if you are a company working in aerospace or defense, right? So there's a lot in the defense industrial base. Um, you may want to investigate the IOCs or excuse me, the TTPs, which is like the, 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 pro the protocols, the techniques. I always get TTP acronym wrong. Cyber. Let me see what this is. I know people are going to tactics, techniques, and procedures, basically how this threat actor operates and just kind of like do a quick sanity check over your initial security posture, just to make sure that, you know, you're, you're not completely exposed to attack by a group like this. Sciences University suffers cyber attack. This is another in a series of cyber attacks on German and Swiss schools, in this case, the Hochschule Kempten, a university of applied sciences in the city of Kempten in Germany, which has had to take down its IT infrastructure despite what it calls very high security precautions. Currently, the school cannot be accessed via email and other online portals such as student portals have been shuttered. Classes remain ongoing and communications are being done by telephone. Representatives of the school do not have a current estimated time for total restoration, nor has any group yet claimed responsibility. Oh, my God. Windows. Wow. Um, okay, so a couple things here. One, I don't know how higher ed is in Europe or Germany in this case, but uh, in the United States, like higher ed typically not only higher ed has two problems in the United States, and one of them, I'm sure, is um, working here. So. In the United States, higher ed typically doesn't really fund their infosec very well. So you've got um, a lower security posture, right? Uh, notoriously, when you do like a stack of industries, higher ed is typically lower in the in the rankings of like how good their infosec is in general. On top of that, usually, especially at a university that's doing applied sciences, so there's like a lot of research doing, um, those faculty, those researchers they love sharing. They love collaborating, which I don't want to poo-poo because our job isn't to say no or like, you know, tell them how to do their job. Our job is to enable them to do their job, but in a secure way. Unfortunately, a lot of researchers are oblivious to cyber risk and are totally in tune with sharing everything with everyone. 
uh, which makes them a very challenging end user uh, in order to secure in a meaningful way. So uh, that that could be what happened. Um, you know what really sucks? In 2024, with all of the solutions that we have at our disposal, Zoom, you know, uh, Microsoft Teams, if you want to like, if you want to like dry heave a bit, but they're doing classes by phone. Like literally you call into like, this is like a 1987 party chat line. Ooh, there's another deep cut reference for the uh, millennials. Or um, Back in the day when you had phones, you would literally call in uh, instead of like group chat or, or discord servers, you'd call in and just get on a phone with like random strangers. Um, so they're doing that for class right now, which, you know, obviously has a diminished... Um, effectiveness of delivering education and curriculum. Uh, you could have all sorts of donkeys jump on there and, and be rude and, and whatever. So um, this this sucks. They said no threat actor has claimed it, but they did point out that Vice Society uh, attacked last uh, June a, 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 um, a university out there. So it could be them. Vice Society is also uh, famously known as the one who hit the Los Angeles school district. Uh, last year as well. So they're kind of playing in the higher ed space, if you will, just like Reseda is um, in the healthcare uh, attack space, whatever. I mean, I hate to say whatever, but like, dude, the deal is like, again, welcome to 2024. Hey, Eric Taylor, get your bingo card ready. Ransomware is the number one threat right now. Yes, we have to worry about business email compromise. Yes, we have to worry about you know, info stealers and USB malware and all this other crap. But like, dude, if you're not paying attention and focusing on making sure you have basic cyber hygiene around preventing ransomware, you're not doing it right. February 2024 updates fail to install in some cases. Microsoft is stating that its February 2024 updates are failing to install on Windows 11, 22H2, and 23H2 systems, with downloads stopping at 96%. This will then display a new Windows event viewer entry with a 0x800FO922 error code. The failure comes with a comforting message that reads, quote, something didn't go as planned. No need to worry. Undoing changes. Please keep your computer on, end quote. <laughs> Initial assessments suggest this installation failure is linked to a Windows recovery environment issue, which was also the cause of January's update problems. Well, hey, remember to join us. I'll give I'll give Microsoft uh, credit here. I mean, the note something didn't go as planned. No need to worry on undoing changes. I mean, that's reassuring to an end user. Um, <laughs> if you're old uh, like me. Uh, you may remember like when something went wrong, you would just get like a blue screen with like, <laughs> like memory addresses and crap like that. Um, not good. Um, I mean, that's more of a seg fault than a, a, an improper update, but you get it. I, 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 Hey, you know, they upgraded to the blue screen with like the sideways emoji face. And now they're giving you like a soothing, you know, verbal back rub that don't worry, everything's fine. Shh, shh, like putting their finger on your lips while they, roll back a patch. Um, I, you know, I guess, you know, patching is important, obviously. Ah, you gotta patch it. I haven't said it in a while, but it is worth noting. Uh, when you do vulnerability management, or if you work uh, kind of in a matrix uh, uh, position where you're IT and InfoSec, like remember really quickly, guys, okay? In a larger organization, InfoSec or cybersecurity, whatever you want to call it, um, we don't touch 
the systems, right? We don't go and patch computers. We don't go and upgrade applications. That is the application team. That is the end user team or you know endpoint team. That is the servers team, the infrastructure team, the IT team. It, like depending on how big your org is and how it's stacked or whatever, it, it's only really at small businesses that the IT person also does cybersecurity, right? All of this is to say we, and I'm saying cybersecurity people, we don't go patching anything, okay? So, but we need things to be patched because they need to be updated because we don't want to screen connect compromise or move it compromise or zero day compromise or any other compromise, right? We don't want that. So we need other teams to help achieve our goals, which is by the way, why you bring a box of donuts to the IT team you know, out of the blue, you don't bring it to them and say, Hey, can you do me a favor? You just bring it, build up some political capital in the event that you ever do need to do this. Now, TLDR, I just want to tell uh, folks this. I've said it from time to time, but if you're new here, this is what you should do. Or if you're new to the industry, um, when you do patching at organizations that have, let's say more than a thousand endpoints, um, what you really should be doing is patching like the IT team systems first, because an IT person knows how to deal with this on their own. You don't need to like deploy a field engineer. Then once you've done that, hopefully you've got some people in different parts of the business. Like, you know, you've got one person in accounting, one person in HR, one person wherever, right? And you push to them and then you have them verify that, yes, I can still access the ERP solution. Yes, I can still access the CAD solution that we use. Yes, I can still access the manufacturing application thing, right? Like the patch did not break any, you know, mission critical applications or workflows. Then you patch it all, you know, widespread. You do it in like basically concentric circles, like a ripple when you throw a rock in a pond and it goes out. If you just go YOLO and hit the easy button and push it to everybody, you are looking to work on the weekend. That's what you're doing, my friend. You've got to be careful because when a patch breaks, bro, rollbacking on a thousand endpoints or 10,000 endpoints, that is um, like sitting on a tack. You don't want that. It's for our All right. Oh my God. Oh my God, bro. All right, that's going to do it for the streams today. Um, I got a couple things to tell you before we roll out. First of all, we got jaw jacking coming up in a hot minute, so stay tuned for that if you're interested. If you're not interested and you were here just for the news, hold on really quick. I've got two great things to share with you. I'm going to share this in chat. One, uh, yesterday, yesterday I got asked literally twice in about five minutes um, about GRC portfolios. I don't know what is going on, but someone asked me. I literally went back to a jawjacking segment that we did uh, last week and um, and carved out what I thought was like a pretty awesome answer, and I made it a produced video. So if you're interested in working in GRC and you're interested in how to build a portfolio, how to demonstrate that you have done GRC work without having the GRC analyst job, this is the video for you, okay? It's only a four-minute video, so like, I, I'm not a big fan of like, delay, 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 delay. Like, let's get some view time metrics. I'm a big fan of like, let's just get the information out and do that. So if you're interested in a GRC portfolio tutorial, giddy up on that. The next thing I want you to know before you leave is that uh, I'm doing a watch party 
Um, Tyler Ramsby, this guy right here. Tyler Ramsby is doing a live stream at 2 p.m. today, Eastern, 2 p.m. Eastern, with John Hammond. Now, Tyler hasn't scheduled it, so I can't make it available to you guys. But he's doing a live stream, and I'm going to do a watch party. Like, basically, I'm going to watch it, and I'm inviting anyone else who wants to do a raid with me um, to knock it out. Now, I'm seeing a congratulations from Chelsea, so let me, let's figure out what Chelsea did. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Chelsea Ray Waterhouse, latest update for my community. Not sure what superstitions are behind Leap Year, but as of yesterday, I am officially a graduate and a certified ethical hacker past my CEH. Boom! Nice. Very good uh, job, Chelsea. Congratulations. Happy Leap Day. Uh, oh, Tyler was in chat. Well, well, Tyler missed the shout out. So anyways, two o'clock, all about good times. Now, guys, if you were here just for the news, I bid you a good day. And thank you so very much for um, bearing with us through the um, through the troubles at the beginning. And shout out to uh, Eric Taylor for the solid solid assist all right guys if you want we're gonna switch over to jaw jacking which is basically an ama uh stay tuned for that otherwise we'll see you hopefully at 2 p.m be well and until next time stay secure Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Jaw Jack, and I'm your host, Jerry Guy, coming hot off the heels of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief with Dr. Gerald Osher. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be doing Ask Me Anything AMA. Before we get into it, I do want to tag Joel Gallant for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Joel, holler at me. Let me know if you're there. Take care, Alpha Sierra. Joel Gallant. I don't see Joel Gallant in chat. All right. All right. So we're going to do AMA questions. I'm up here helping you all out, doing what I can, being part of the community. Uh, Suyukti, the intro music to the jaw jacking. I'm not sure. I made that like uh, like six months ago and I, I just grabbed an audio from somewhere. I, I'd have to like research it. I'm sorry. Um, so Timothy Wilson says, Dr. Jerry, what certs are needed for third-party risk analyst and vulnerability analyst jobs? Hmm. So if I had to say, if I had to take a guess, Timothy Wilson, I would say when you say what certs are needed, remember a job posting, the people who work at the job or the company, they're the ones defining what certs are needed. There's no, this isn't like, um, like medicine or law where like you have to have like, you know, certain certifications that are required by law to practice that uh, profession. I will say in order to distinguish yourself, um, I would think the ISACA, C-I-S-A, ISACA, CISA, that is an auditor um, certification. That's pretty good. I have it or I, I'm, I let it expire, but I, I had it. It was great. I think it's pretty uh, appropriate for people getting into um, early parts of GRC career. I would go get that. Um, also, Timothy Wilson, um, it's not really a, a cert that anyone would require, but 
Um, I do want to point it out since you said vulnerability analyst, this is a exposure management course, which is basically vulnerability management that I made that you can take for free. This is a full, really sick um, course. And you get like a, you do get a Credly badge and CPEs. So if you want, uh, there's the badge you get. If you're interested, Timothy Wilson, this is free education that uh, many people in the community have taken and have enjoyed. So don't sleep on that. I'm very proud of uh, the work that I put into that uh, course. All right. Keeping it going. Oh, okay. So, hey, um, Joel Gallant is not in chat right now, but we do have confirmation that Joel Gallant will be the Simply Cyber Community uh, baton holder. So let's go, Joel. Go look for his post later today. Uh, upgrading Jeff says, any ETA on the framework parenting in the digital age video? Uh, Jeff, I do not have an update on that. Let me put it on my book. Here's the thing, like, um, I, I don't have an update on that, but let me tell you guys a couple things. One, like, I want to do the NIST CSF 2.0 video. Um, like, my, I'm having, there's an issue with one of the labs in the Cyber 101 course. Um, somebody, uh, I think it was... Nicole had asked for a takedown request video. Um, a lot of people have asked for the jawjacking to get carved out and reposted to SC Cafe. Um, I'm getting ready for the TV show. I have a lot going on. And I know you weren't trying to push me upgrading, Jeff. I, I do know people want the uh, the parenting video. It's on my it's on my radar. It's just, it, I, I, I don't have a lot of time. Plus, 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 um, I've been really, really super focused, like almost as like a mini project. I want to share this with you because this is almost done. This will probably be done in the next like week. I put this thing together, right? So a lot of people are pivoting from a career like marketing, Brady McNulty and pharmacy, uh, Heath, Heath. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Keith Adams uh, for accounting. Many of you uh, in the community have pivoted from some non-IT job into it. And there's a lot of people like that. So I wanted to make a resource for those people. And I've been working on this. And this is like uh, one part of like the resource package I built. But it's this like cheat sheet. But dude, this thing is outrageous. Not only do I provide all these resources, but I like literally made a whole collection of videos where I walk through. Hold on. Come on. I walk through all of the resources themselves. It, come on. Let's go, bro. I go through all the resources themselves and show you basically, not only like, basically, not only here's the list of the resources, for example, like all of these, but like, here's why you would use them. And here's what parts of the resources, because it was brought to my attention that when you get a list like this and someone clicks on like netacad.com, you're like, oh, this is great, but what the hell do I... Sorry, Kennedy. This is great, but now what? What do I do now? So what I did is I made a video of like, you know, like basically like click here, then download here, then install here, and it'll look like this. All right? So so that's like another thing that's coming that I'm super pumped about. I actually, I made a video. You can see I made a video for every single section. And um, this is almost done. Like this is really close to done. And I'm super excited to share that uh, with everybody pretty soon. Uh, so hopefully that makes people feel good and uh, get a little amped up for some of the things that are on their way.
All right. Uh, keeping it going. Gary Sergiotis. I know it's not tidbits Tuesday, but how is Jerry doing these days? Running, going well? Uh, um, I haven't been running as much, Gary. I, I, I might run today. Let me look at my calendar. I do want to run. I've probably been running two days a week. Um, I prefer to run like three to four. Um, the weather's been kind of trashy. I do have an opening in my schedule today. So Gary, I will go for a run today. I do have a wicked sick update for those who have been tracking. Um, so there's a, there's a band that I absolutely love, love called the midnight and they are playing a, uh, a tour and they're coming nearby and I was going to buy tickets for me and my family and everything. And I found out that like, basically, you know, I have young kids, eight and 11. And I found out that like the venue, like basically I don't want to bring my kids to a concert where like we're in the front row and my kids are going to want to go to the bathroom. And then I got to take them through there and then getting back up to the front where my wife would be. I, I just didn't want to deal with any of that. Right. Uh, so I had to pass on that. Well, casually Joseph made me aware that they have opened up a very special area uh, for the concert where you can buy, like basically you can buy a table. Like uh, it's almost like bottle service. Like you can buy a table and you get like a special area with seating and everything. And it's a little pricey, but it is the solution to my problem. I called the venue last night and I spoke to one of the uh, managers there and I explained to him like what my deal was. And he's like, oh no, bro. He's like, we got you covered. It's the perfect solution for you. So it's back on. We're going. I'm going to go catch a concert. Brah. So anyways, I'm super pumped about that, Gary. Thank you for asking, Gary, about my well-being. Uh, R- Ricardo Garcia says, I'm transitioning from construction project manager to a cyber role like SOC. How can I fill in the experience gap? I do have SEC Plus, Linux Plus, and just obtained Splunk Cert. All right, Ricardo Garcia. I've got you. Stay, stay tuned, Ricardo Garcia. Look at this. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop this, but dude. Ricardo, this is the perfect answer for you, okay? Give me a second. I have a whole sock differ section in this cheat sheet. Oh my God, man. Why is this like so slow? I hate. All right. So um, I'm not like you can use all these resources, but what I want to call your attention to, Ricardo, is this right here. This is like definitely a solid answer. This is Eric Capuano's So You Want to Be a Sock Analyst intro. Eric Capuano, this guy right here. He's a really accomplished blue teamer, great educator, SANS instructor. And he wrote this six-part blog post series on um, basically building this home lab. And you'll basically build the whole lab. You'll um, you'll basically throw attacks. You'll be, build a C2 infrastructure. You'll do detection engineering. You'll do detection tuning. You'll write Yara rules. You'll, you'll do all the things that a SOC analyst would do. This lab alone is unbelievable. And Ricardo, if you're feeling a little intimidated, don't sweat it because I got a video for that. This video right here, dude, is a 45-minute step-by-step-by-step click walkthrough of me building and executing the first four out of six parts of this lab. You, you could, like, There's no reason you can't accomplish and get wild value from it. Because I literally do it step by step. So any challenge you might encounter, the video will address. And then if you want to know how you can convey what you learn in the lab into like meaningful impact statements, resume bullets, here's Eric Capuano. He came on my show and for one hour we talked about this lab 
and how you can take this lab and level up like an absolute rock star. That's what's up. So let me drop a link in chat for you, Ricardo. I hope this uh, serves you well. Uh, and also, um, reminder, um, like you'll get access to all these resources. This will be available for everybody uh, to download. I'm, like I said, I'm almost done with it. I want it to be cool, all right? I don't, I don't want to do anything kind of half butt, all right? All right. Thank you for the question, Ricardo. Um, Dev, Dev Mommy. I like that name, Dev Mommy. Uh, how likely that a threat actor sends a QR code scanned in the supply chain and it infects that way? A lot of scanners are integrated into inventory software. Is it even worth to try and prevent? So that's a good question. Um, a lot of times QR codes are scanned by the email security gateway. Um, we have seen instances where an email security gateway was compromised by scanning the, um, the QR code, or maybe it was just a URL. Um, but the thing is, Dev Mommy, that the email security gateway would have to have a vulnerability that could be exploited by the QR code, not just like it scans a QR code and like goes somewhere. A lot of times you got to remember, like the threat actor is sending a QR code, uh, hoping that the, it'll pass through a security gateway without getting checked and then a victim won't know where it's going and they'll just scan it because it says like you know there's um free tickets or your your account's gonna be uh uh terminated or whatever um and then you scan it and then it goes to like a look-alike landing page right and, and they're trying to trick you that way so um let me see let me see exploit um scanning qr url um, I just want to pull up this story really quickly. Um, yeah. So like re really quick, uh, dev mommy, like you could see when I just look it up, a lot of the stories are like using QR codes to pass defenses because the scanner is unable, the security gateway is unable to validate and review the, 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 um, destination of the QR code. There was one instance just a few weeks ago though, um, Yeah, th this isn't it, but this this is interesting. Uh, BSEC on on Thursday, yes, or uh, on Tuesday, on Thursday. BSEC was talking just yesterday. God, it feels like last week. Around uh, getting a compromised host in an environment and then emailing people from within the environment. Um, this, you know, people are doing it this way. Um, I'm, I can't find it right now, but there was an instance recently of a security gateway solution um, that was exploited by scanning um a url so i hope dev mommy that answers your question uh amish runaway simply cyber i want to do bug bounties and ethical hacking i looked at ch but if you have to recommend one cert for that one cert for bug bounties Ooh. um well so bug bounties can come in a couple different flavors amish runaway right bug bounties are typically finding vulnerabilities or bugs in systems now bug bounties you could find a bug in a mobile app. You could find a bug in an operating system. You could find a bug um, on a, you know, a network, or you could find a bug in a um, web application, which is really the most common one. So if I had to give you some guidance, what I would say is um, there's not really any particular cert, but um, relative to penetration testing and 
uh, bug bounties, ethical hacking and such. I would recommend you get uh, practical hands-on skills. Like definitely, definitely, definitely the most valuable is hands-on practical skills. Um, you don't need to do, uh, you don't need to have a certification in anything in order to do bug bounties. Like anyone can sign up at HackerOne right now or bug crowd right now and start hacking away on like Marriott.com. So you really don't need any certs. I think it's more about what, what training do you need? Um, I would offer, <laughs> I would offer, uh, since I, I just did all this, don't worry, Amish Runaway. I've got an entire section for web application security, which is really a, a, a niche of bug bounties. And the resources I would recommend, right? Uh, this Port Swigger Academy is awesome. A lot of uh, practitioners who do web application security testing do use Burp Suite as their main tool. This is really, really worth doing it. Um, Nahamsek's got a lot of content on his channel around doing recon and um, attack surface, which is kind of the first phase of um, the cyber kill chain, basically. So I hope that is helpful. Um, what's his face? Uh, Heath Adams, TCM Academy's PEH course is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, the practical ethical hacking one. And since you're just looking for bugs, you're not going to see like with bug bounty, it's not like you find a bug, exploit it, go into their system and start rooting around looking for domain controllers and stuff like that. So you really only need to uh, understand, you know, kind of how to like find bugs in the, in the attack surface, exposed attack surface. All right. Yeah, that's true. Casually Joseph is going to be there. Um, Marlon Johnson. What's up, Marlon? Good to see you. Currently job hunting for a GRC role. Welcome to the family, Marlon. I love GRC. A CEO saw my resume courtesy of my network and offered to have a virtual chat with me. I'm nervous. How would you steer that conversation? Um, Marlon, I would say don't... Um, so what I would say, Marlon, is don't um, don't be intimidated by it, Okay. And don't be nervous about it. I understand why you're nervous. Certainly, I understand why you're nervous. But think about it as an opportunity to understand what is the C... This is what I would say. Understand what is the CEO's needs, right? You're not trying to force him to buy your services as a GRC analyst. You want to understand, hey, what challenge... You know, like, what, what challenges are you having? I mean, obviously, you said you want a GRC analyst. What challenges are you having? Remember, the best way to, in my opinion to like sell a job or sell yourself on a job. Um, Cause remember a job interview, a resume, you're marketing yourself. You're trying to convey to the buyer, AKA the business, AKA the CEO, that you are the solution to their problem. You can help them with their issues, right? Not that you can take their money. That's kind of implied. You can help them. So I would be like, Hey, you know, what for GRC, I'd be like, Hey, like, you know, what's your information security program look like? What's your biggest concerns? Well, how are you using, um, information security training? What's your current solution, uh, for InfoSec? Like, are you outsourced? Are you doing any type of security operations? Would you be interested if they have no information security? Would you be interested in like, you know, or you could say, Hey, if it was me, since you have no information security, I would be, um, pro like rolling out CIS 18 controls as kind of a starter framework to kind of get our legs under us. You know, that's what I would do. Marlon try to try to be of service to this dude. Also just, I, I hope this is super legit, but I just want to 
remind people that there is a lot of um, fraudsters and scammers out there uh, where they'll, you know, like just keep your keep your antenna up, Marlon. You know, if the guy wants to do a phone interview, but he wants you to like download and install some quirky tool so he can test your skills or some quirky tool that you never heard of for the conversation, that could be a problem. We just saw in yesterday's news, Lazarus Group has been doing that quite a bit, um, tricking people. Um, there's a-holes out there, frankly, and unfortunately, they suck. So, all right, let's really quickly pause for uh, a quick ad roll. Cyber 101, my course, I just want to share with everybody, let them all know about it. And then uh, we'll get back to answering Valentino's question. Are you looking to pivot your career into something more secure and exciting? Hi, I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, and I'm here to guide you into the world of cybersecurity. Now, whether you're 25 or 45, switching careers can be intimidating and challenging, especially into cybersecurity, which has an overwhelming amount of roles and disciplines. Now, based on my 20 years of industry experience and years of teaching at the Citadel Military College, I've designed and built Cybersecurity 101 to be your one-stop launchpad to new beginnings. Cybersecurity 101 offers over 22 hours of video content, 100 plus lessons, 12 hands-on labs, all starting from the basics. So whether you have IT experience or not, I've got you covered. This course was designed as a comprehensive college-level curriculum and should take about three months to complete at four hours a week. Try it out and see for yourself. I've made some of the lectures and labs available to access without paying anything so you can see what's going on. Take the first step towards your new career. Visit simplycyber.io slash cyber101 to learn more and enroll in Cybersecurity 101. Your future in cybersecurity starts today. All right, we're back. Thank you very much for checking that out. Uh, looking at the questions, Valentino says, did you do a shout out for Matt Clayton's Sec Plus win? I did not. What's up, Matt Clayton? Way to crush that Sec Plus. Keep crushing, man. Keep crushing. Great job, Matt. And thank you, Valentino, for recognizing uh, that I didn't catch that one. Lazaro, any cyber event you're excited for this year? Also, how are you doing, Dr. Osher? Hey, Lazaro, thanks for asking. I'm doing really good. I'm in a great headspace. Uh, love my family. Um, looking forward to the weekend, frankly, uh, super excited to get this cheat sheet out and, uh, share it with y'all. Um, cyber event I'm excited for, uh, yeah, guys, Wild West Hackenfest, the second Wild West Hackenfest ends. I'm already excited for next year's Wild West Hackenfest. Um, not everybody's going to get to go to Wild West Hackenfest. It is a smaller conference. It is hard to get to, but I have the really distinguished privilege to be able to keynote this year's Wild West Hackenfest. I last year received the Rita Award at the conference. Unexpectedly, I, I was unaware that I was going to receive it. Um, it's just that conference has a very special place in my heart. Um, and I love it. I love it. I get to see Jesse Johnson. Normally, Kimberly can fix it's there. Uh, Josh Mason. Um, I mean, just so many. I, Casually Joseph, we were high-fiving up in there. Uh, Ms. Julian. Like, it's just it's just, it's, it's so good. It's like Gary Sturgiatis. I met, we did a simply cyber meetup. That was super sick. I love that event. And you know, black Hills runs it and all the black Hill teams there, obviously, uh, Deb and Jason are there at the airport when you get there. It's just oh, it's so good. Um, Matthew Necci, where can we get the cheat sheet? Matthew, you're going to have to wait probably, um, next, next week. Um, this thing is super close to done. The, the amount of value in this cheat sheet is redonkulous. Um, Alana Boyajin, if you go to Wild West Hackenfest, um, wildwesthackenfest.com. Um, I don't know if registration's open yet, but 
Not only, hey, by the way, not only, here's a little fun fact. Not only, it, but, oh, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Alana, here's the link, okay? <laughs> not only am I um, going to be there in Keynote, but um, Simply Cyber is sponsoring. We're going to have a booth. Um, we're going to have Jesse Johnson and Slay Security is going to be kind of in the booth with me. We're going to be live streaming from the booth. We're going to be doing fun stuff. Simply Cyber is doing one of the uh, sponsor stampede things. Um, dude, it's just it's just awesome. Like, I can't get enough. Like, I'm like that jerk who's like, you know, it's like, please take one candy um, at Halloween when you're a kid. I'm the jerk. When it comes to Wild West Hackenfest, I'm like taking all the candies and running away and like candies are just dropping out of my arms and I'm like, like just a delirious child. Oh, I love Wild West Hackenfest. All right. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Look at, this is how much I love Wild West Hackenfest. Uh, I, I just got like buffer overflowed by them. Um, so anyways, yeah, the cheat sheet's going to come out uh, next week. Uh, a massive amount of awesome, what I think is awesome resources. And really, I'm telling you, these these videos I did that explains how to um, maximize the value of each resource, I think that's really the key differentiator between uh, here's a list of resources that you can get in a lot of places and having someone explain like, dude, when you click on these resources, this is what you should be using it for. This is the value of it, et cetera, right? Like, come on. Like I'm getting impatient with myself here, right? So it's like little, it's like a mini, like you know. And and most of the resources are uh, accessible. On top of that, really quickly, in case anyone's curious, like I have another thing that you're gonna get, because <laughs> I, I didn't think it was enough. So I built this cyber career job hunt pivot kit. Like so many people are trying to pivot, and I feel like they're getting confused or frustrated or frankly overwhelmed with the sheer amount of resources. So I built this too, which will be coming to all y'all. But basically, um, I answered what I think are the four questions that people have when they're trying to like pivot in. Um, so this pivot kit uh, goes into great detail on how to do all these things one after another, right? So, and you could see, just to give you a little teaser, um, like here's a video of, 20 roles, I go through 20 different roles. How do I find jobs? Come on, like, dude, the scroll on this is brutal. You're brutal, you're killing me. All right, so Camellian resume, how to crush interviews. All right, all right, enough, enough. I'm not trying to bore you guys. I'm just super excited. I'm just super excited. I just don't wanna bore you with the details, but look for that. Um, basically, it'll be like an email thing where you sign up and you get you get the, the the checklist and then I wait a little bit and then I send you the pivot kit because I don't want to I don't want to just like overwhelm you. Uh, Stones Stones fan says when are you coming to Scottsdale? I'll actually be in Scottsdale March seventeenth, um, March seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. Catch me on tour in Scottsdale March seventeenth. No, I'm I'm going to do a, a speaking engagement in uh, Scottsdale, but I'll be there. Uh, Stones fan, hey. Um, let me check my flights and stuff. Maybe there could be like a high five on Sunday night, potentially. All right. Let me see. How are we doing on time? 927. We're good. What? Are, what? What is your preferred bug bounty platform? Jenny Housley asks. You know, I've always been privy to HackerOne. Honestly, I know BugCrowd is uh, a, another popular one. Um, Integrity is the one if you live in Europe. But for, for me, as a U.S.-based 
Um, I, I, I like Hacker One. Here, allow me to authenticate without uh, sharing my screen. Oh, uh, I have to log into my Bitwarden. I don't want to do that right now. Um, so, anyways, yeah, Hacker One is my jam. Let me know. Hey, if people in chat use bug bounties, let me know. Is Tyler Ramsby still in chat? Be curious what he uh, what he likes. All right. But by the way, hey, really quickly, shout out uh, before we get too close to the end of the stream. Much love to the mod team. The mods, loving it. Um, thank you guys so very much. Eric Taylor jumping in. Justin, Jenny, um, Casually Joseph, Kimberly and Chad, BSEC, screen capping all these questions and dropping them so I cannot fuddle around with the uh, the chat and look like a donkey up here, but actually just quickly deliver hot takes on the questions you guys have. Um, much love. Shout out, obviously, Base Case, as always. Um, guys, thank you. And Jesse, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I... All right, here we go. Uh, let's say there's Gil, Gil Zilberstein says a question. Let's say I hear that there's a new CV, for example, <laughs> CV 2024-0628. How can I explore them and learn how they are made? I hope it's a legit question. Yeah, let's take a look here. All right, so um, let me find a CV. I don't know if this particular one is out there. Um, let me see. So this this hypothetical CVE, let, let's take a look at it. Now, you said, how can I explore it? The first thing I would do, and I think I know the gist of your question here, but the first thing I would do is figure out what this um, vulnerability is, okay? So this vulnerability doesn't look like it's a high vulnerability, which is okay. It's a server-side request forgery in all versions of WordPress, um, version including 424. Three five via the RSS feed. Okay, so here's what I would do, um, Gil. First and foremost, I would stand up a WordPress instance with a known vulnerable version with this RSS RSS aggregator plugin. Basically, build the lab that has the vulnerable thing that you know you can attack. Right? Then I would start looking around at references. Um, if you don't know anyone, like say you're like, let's just say that you don't know how to exploit it. Right. The next thing I would do is go right here. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. NIST. I do love NIST. How kind is it of NIST to say, thank you for visiting. The next thing I would do Gil is I would go directly to this plugin page where the update is right. And I would look at the change log. <laughs> here is the change log. This change log is going to explain what they fixed. From this information, you should be able to walk back and figure out what they fixed so you can pinpoint exactly where the problem was. And now you can just focus on that, that issue and exploit it or, or understand how to exploit it, right? That's what I would do um, if I was trying to look at it. It's a completely legit question. You're asking how to do security research, right? Now, I mean, if you turn around and write an exploit and then go attack people, that's not okay. But, you know, unfortunately, the techniques good guys use is the same the bad guys use. Derek Marsh says, hey, I'm looking at the G... Um, oh, I'm looking at the C-Risk cert, uh, which is the ISC squared risk cert, I believe. I never thought I would want to work in GRC until I watched your video with Erica McDuffie. I'm looking at the C-Risk cert, but not sure where to start. Um, hey, listen... 
Um, couple things I would say. First of all, Derek, GRC is awesome. Second of all, I am on a mission. I need to get like a, a, a neon scrolling sign back here that says making GRC socially acceptable since 2022. GRC is the bee's knees, bro. Like GRC, super important. It gets a lot of shade thrown on it, especially by the, uh, you know, the operators in the space, but whatever. They can have their their uh, shade throwing. Uh, as far as C-Risk Cert goes, nah, that's fine. Um, I would I would recommend the ISACA CISA. But at the end of the day, Derek, the value of a cert only is corresponds to what the market is asking for, right? So like if a market doesn't here, let me let me show you really quickly. I just looked up C, uh, GRC analyst jobs. Um Hold on, I need one that actually has like a job listing. Give me a second. All right, so here's a GRC job uh really quickly. Now look, you scroll down, you look through the job. And I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. Qualifications. None of these qualifications mention C-risk. They don't mention any certification, frankly. So my point is, like, yes, you could get these certs. I think the CISA one particularly is well-recognized within the GRC space personally. But... There's no point in breaking your back to get a cert if no job is asking for it. You, you know what I mean? So I think you, you would be better served learning more uh, tactical execution of the role and being able to speak to the role because that's what a hiring manager is going to be turned on by when you are talking. Tyler Ramsby's in the house. Welcome. Tyler Ramsby's entered the chat. Remember, everybody, 2 p.m. today, 2 p.m. Eastern time, Tyler will be uh, getting after it with John Hammond. All right. Hey, just really quickly for all those who are having FOMO for not going to a, um, a con. Um, I know this is how you feel. I'm sorry. I, this is how I feel about Hackspace con. I'm not going to Hackspace con and I feel this way, but just know that you're seen. Just know that I see you. <laughs> all right. Just know that I see you, okay? I see you. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Jerry Musk. Um. All right, hey, what? What's some? Want some insider info on Wild West Hackenfest? We're having one in Denver in next February. Ooh, Deb Wiggly dropping or spilling the tea, guys. I, I go to, I, I teach 18 year olds and 19 year olds every Tuesday and Thursday. I'm hip. I'm down with the lingo. Deb Wiggly spilling the tea in here. Don't tell anyone the 260 of us in here. Don't tell anyone. Wild West Hackenfest. By the way, can we just get a hi to Deb Wiggly? Hi to Deb Wiggly. Deb Wiggly, one of, one of the amazing people over at Black Hills and just an amazing person. Let's give Deb some love. Let me, what's a good, you know what, Deb? We don't use this emote nearly enough. Do I even have it? <laughs> Deb Wiggly, toasty. All right. When's the drop for the Pivot Info Team GRC Masterclass alum? AG Nas, thanks for the question. Um, uh, probably next week. 
basically it's it's gonna be one of those ones where um you like sign 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 up to get it sent to you very similar to the way my book my my uh 10 steps to unlocking a cyber career book was you'll sign up and then it'll send you an email with the kit you download the kit you get going and then um the cheat sheet and then i think the next day i send the kit to you and then the next day after that i send you a whole bunch of case studies of people who have pivoted in to get you inspired and amped up etc all right so i will tell everybody about it next week i promise you Josh Mason, always a, a great um, mod. You know, I, I love I love the whole mod team. Inevitably, whenever I mention mods by name, I always forget one or two, and then I feel like a total jack wagon. So, this you is, are so dumb. Thank you. I know I am so dumb. I'm sorry. Chase says, can you talk about immutable backups and how successful corps have used it to avoid paying ransom to decrypt their systems? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any actual case study of um a, a business being successful after um getting hit i don't know why i switched screens uh getting hit but basically immutable backups are backups files that cannot be altered like basically the right um the right flag has been removed from the files so you can't delete them you can't modify them you can't edit them those are what immutable backups are and it's one control around um defending from ransomware because uh, uh, here's the thing ransomware one of the first things they do when they start detonating is they go look at like your shadow copies or they look up your backups so they try to find where your restoration capabilities are and they delete those first then they encrypt all your gear um and that way you don't have you can't restore from backups which totally sucks immutable backups they cannot do it right i mean immutable backups are fine um I don't, again, I don't know any example. Like when you pay the ransom, here's the deal too, by the way, when you get ransomware and you got to pay the ransom, it's not just about restoring your systems. Like sure you have the backups, but it might take you two weeks to restore from backups. And maybe the ransomware threat actors are saying, Hey, 50 grand and we'll give you the keys and you can unlock it today. So now you have the business decision of, well, do we recover from backups for two weeks and be down for two weeks? And what does it cost us per day in revenue loss versus 50 grand to get the keys? So just having backups doesn't necessarily mean that the threat actors aren't going to win. Uh, unfortunately, it does become a business discussion, a business decision. Um, so, Jerry Lozier. <laughs> That's right. Um, Phil Stafford says, hey, all just got my BS in the mail yesterday. Immediately showed it to my kids. Yes. Nice job, Phil Stafford. And way to inspire. Dude, way to inspire your kids. Absolutely. Hard work. Crush it, dude. Love it. Is Wildwise Hacking Fest good for GRC side people? Steph Cluis asks. Um, so Wild West Hacking Fest is not necessarily bad. Okay, so Wild West Hacking Fest is not bad for GRC people. It is also not a conference geared for GRC people. There's a variety of different talks. What I would say Wild West Hacking Fest is good for is for networking, for community, for inspiring, for um, learning more. You know, I, I guess Steph Cluis, I would actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I would actually lean forward and say, you know, as a GRC practitioner, you really should 
be mindful of, you know, how the red sides work and how the blue sides work. And Bo Bullock just did a great technical talk on graph runner last year. Um, um, Jeff McJunkin always has a really great, interesting talk. That's a little bit more technical. So while it doesn't necessarily directly apply to the value of a GRC analyst's ability to execute their job, having the situational awareness of what other, um, contemporaries are doing in their respective spaces does make you a more effective GRC analyst. Uh, so I, I would say, yes, it's, it's good for that. Uh, but really the networking's the bomb, right? Oh, um, restream bot, uh, Marcos Ben said over on LinkedIn and he says, I'm new here. Judges. Does that qualify as a hashtag first timer? I'm getting a nod from the judges. Welcome to the party, pal, Marcos. We're going to answer your question in a hot minute, bro. But uh, let's get you a welcome to the party, pal. I didn't even, I was such a train wreck this morning. I, I didn't even do the first timers. The question is, I'm new here. What's GRC? My bad for the stupid question. Marcos, first off, I hope you're still here, buddy. First off, there is no stupid questions. Absolutely do not apologize. Um... Or, or throw shade at yourself, dude. There's no stupid questions in here at all. What is GRC is a phenomenal question, my friend. Okay. GRC, which is like my bread and butter, is it's an acronym for governance, risk, and compliance. And essentially, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pause the, the music because I really want to focus in on Marcos here. Um, GRC is governance, risk, and compliance. And when you think of how an information security program works at defending an organization, a lot of times we think of the SOC analyst, right? The IR people who are sitting there looking at, you know, the wire, hacking on the keyboard, protecting the organization. Oh no, like they're rerouting through Friendster. We're going to have to get in there. Shut it down. Like, bloop, like alerts, alerts, right? But Take a step back. Like, what is the information security program? What technical controls do we have? What administrative controls do we have? Like, if someone gets hired at the company, they have to get a new account. HR has to approve them. They have to be given a multi-factor thing. They have to be trained. Like, that's the administrative controls. There's physical controls. Is there swipe badge access? Do you have to put your phone in a safe before you enter this, you know, forensics room or, or secret cleared room or whatever, right? Those are kind of physical controls. The overall holistic picture of an information security program and how you're just making the decisions on where you invest money into certain controls and how you approach getting the business to get on board and enable um, themselves to do business in a way that is secure, that is where GRC operates. And that's that's really what GRC is. Um, and so your question, Marco, is just a finer point. A chief information security officer, kind of like the big dog over the information security program, you can think of them as a GRC professional. GRC people, they interface with the business. The guy hacking on the keyboard with like the earpiece, you know, uh, being the guy back at the HQ, like, uh, like deploy the, the field engineers. We've got to get a forensic sound image of that. Or look at the Yara rules. We've got to do X, Y, and Z. Like that person doesn't want to talk to Carl. <gasps> Carl's an end user. That person doesn't want to talk to vendors. That person wants to hack on the keyboard and protect the organization right now tactically. GRC, 
we're the ones who get to walk in and talk to the business and go meet with the engineering team to understand their challenges, meet with new hires to explain how things are going to work here. That's what GRC does. Marcos, I hope that answers your question. Oh, I love GRC, by the way. Uh, Marcos, can you actually do me a solid in chat and comment whether or not that made sense? I'm going to be, I mean, I feel like that was worth it. But if Marcos like asked the question and then like closed the tab and I just did all that for nothing, I'm going to be like, oh, wah, wah. all right. Jason Summers is going to his first B-sides. Is there anything I could, I physically bring with me like hard copies of resumes? I was planning to bring a notepad at least. So yes, um, first of all, I'm going to use this exclamation point conferences that the mod team set up. Thank you. <clears throat> um, so Jason, look at the link Nightbot just dropped. That is a um, live stream with Deb Wigley, Base Case, and BSEC on how to maximize a conference. If you want, yes, bring, um, you could bring some resumes. That's totally cool. Um, bring a notepad for sure. Um, bring a good attitude, right? Like go meet people, talk to uh, individuals. Um, a lot of times at conferences, there'll be like vendor booths. Walk up, say hi, say how you doing. Um, you know, if you if you attend a talk and it was interesting, go up and talk to the uh, speaker afterwards. Don't just pepper them with questions first. Explain to them why you found their talk interesting and maybe ask them a, a pointed question about something. Uh, and maybe there's an opportunity to collaborate or something like that. But resumes are good. Um, a lot of times you don't need the resume uh, unfortunately, because the person that you're talking with doesn't want, if you hand someone a resume, they're, they're like, oh no, I've got to carry this. So a lot of times you might just say, Hey, can I connect with you afterwards? And then you exchange business cards and then you send them your resume. You could do that too. <clears throat> uh, do the hacking hands again. ZMF says, this is the hacking hands. This is, this is hacking. <laughs> uh, Hey, MW fairly new here fairly new. Does that qualify judges? I, I'm getting a couple judges nodding no, but I'm going to overrule. I don't typically veto the judges, but M-Dub, welcome to the party, pal. Marcos is still here. I love it. I love it. Technically, I do. Okay, cool, cool. Is management experience valuable in GRC? Yep, Nick. Um, management experience is valuable. Uh, really, what's valuable is being able to communicate in GRC. If Here's the thing. When you're talking to the business, when you're talking to an executive, when you're talking to like Linda in accounts payable, if you're like, if you go up to somebody who's not in cybersecurity and you're like, did you see the technical execution of the exploitation of the screen connect? We definitely don't want a CBSS score of 9.8 being executed in our environment with the Windows operating system. We're going to have to apply patches in a coordinated. They're just going to be like, who the hell are you? Sorry, Kennedy. Who are you and why are you here? Please leave me alone. But if you're like, Linda, listen. You clicked on you clicked on an email the other day, and um, the threat like a criminal got your password to your bank account. You need to fix that. Linda's like, what? That's what you need to do. Like, but you need to be able to effectively communicate like that. Lagrat, I know, I know, it was the first. Just having fun. All right. Um, 
Uh, I think it's time, guys. Got a lot of work to do still. This has been cathodic. Cathodic? Cathodic? Cathartic? This has been cathodic. Cathartic. <laughs> I'm donkey. This has been cathartic. Talking with you guys this morning, launching my uh, my personal Friday. Um, just hanging out with you guys. Hopefully you got value from the uh, Q&As, the AMAs. Great to see Tyler Ramsby in chat. Go check out his YouTube channel at 2 p.m. today. We're going to do a raid. We can coordinate on the Discord server uh, to get that raid going. Shout out to uh, Deb Wigley. Big fan. My pleasure, Phil Stafford. Yeah, Valentino. Cathartic. Say hello to your mother. Grab some scratchies. We'll hit up the town spa and have some Kino. What do you say? Tell your mom I said hi. Tell your mom and dad I said hi. <laughs> My boy's wicked smart. You know, it's funny. My accent doesn't really come out. I mean, I know I say wicked all the time. My accent doesn't really come out. But if you get a couple beers... um. If you get a couple beers in me, um, a couple beers in me, and or I'm in Massachusetts, it's uh, <laughs> it comes out wicked strong, especially if if I have beers. Um, you're welcome, Marcos. I can get hey Marcos, come back, bro. Like, there's no stupid questions. Simply Cyber is super supportive, super inclusive. <clears throat> get some beers. <laughs> too funny it's too early phil stafford all right guys be good oh hey so marcos the stream starts at 8 a.m eastern time so hey if you're new here if you're hanging out if you just found us every single weekday morning from 8 a.m eastern to 9 a.m eastern we do a one hour top cyber news stream then from 9 a.m. Eastern to 9.30 a.m. Eastern, we do an Ask Me Anything. We call it jaw jacking, but it's basically a, a group hangout where uh, industry experts chill for a half hour and answer questions and share things. It's me three days a week, <clears throat> um, Eric Taylor on Tuesdays and BSEC on Thursdays. Eric Taylor runs a uh, incident response company and BSEC is a um, basically a, a super jack of all trades. Um, practitioner um in <clears throat> network engineer all right guys i'm out of here be well thanks so much have a great weekend see you guys at two for the raid i'm jerry your chat until next time stay secure everybody i hope you enjoyed that content keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other simply cyber community resources we have the discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going you can connect with me directly on linkedin and also every single weekday morning on the simply cyber channel we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings 8 a.m eastern time as well as thursday at 4 30 p.m we're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every wednesday morning I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Yeah.